This episode of News Dump is brought to you by Masterclass. Some would argue that various iterations of the so-called metaverse have already existed throughout the past 20 years or so, thanks to games that fall under the MMO, or Massively Multiplayer Online Game genre. Uh, EVE, RuneScape, EverQuest, World of Warcraft, and so on, have brought together massive communities and allowed them the freedom to interact however they want with few restrictions. These games have also offered items and clothing that can be acquired through work or additional payments that can alter the look of a character. Some of these games even allow you to have a home that you can decorate. It's a metaverse, okay? But one MMO that also predated the idea of the metaverse was also one of the genre's most popular, most accessible, most beloved games. A game that has, despite its overwhelming popularity and longevity, been taken offline and completely removed from the internet. That game is, or was, Club Penguin. Now, listen up, young blood. To be honest, uh, we were just a few years kind of removed from the popularity of Club Penguin. About a, not even a generation, but yeah, just uh, when it came along, we were just uh, a little too old to be getting involved in that. Yeah. I, w I was talking to girls and going to parties. Driving cars and graduating That's from right. high schools. That's right, I was yeah. too busy being cool IRL. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we don't have any pers personal anecdotes from Club Penguin's years of early internet domination, but we're sure that there's no shortage of viewers who watched, uh, who watch our show, who probably spent a lot of time in that game. Or Me, I was more world. of a. I, I was also on the tail end of it, but I did uh, play around on it for a little bit. There was uh, Habba Hotel. I don't even know what that is. That was uh, it predated Club Penguin, but was very similar. Uh, it got brigaded by 4chan daily. Or whatever the so did that, Club Penguin. So it was like something awful forums, 4chan, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, eventually, kind of took over that. But yeah, so Club Penguin was essentially just a colorful interactive chat room that actually predicted and executed on what would become the future of gaming: subscriptions, microtransactions, and uh, a sort of caste system that sparked bullying and harassment based on your financial contributions to the game or lack thereof. Yeah. The game became so popular so quickly amongst children and teens that the developers were bought out by Disney just a few years after it launched. Now, because of its popularity with children, the game implemented increasingly strict security and censorship features, leading some to complain that Club Penguin had turned into a Orwellian dystopia. This is just like George Orwin's <laughs> George Orwin. Fahrenheit 1984. Uh, yeah, so I guess Club Penguin really did predict the future of the internet and gaming, or at least how people respond to everything that happens therein. Anyways, the game remained popular through the Disney acquisition and was able to survive damn near close to 20 years, which is a rare feat in the gaming space. But it was ultimately taken offline for good back in 2017, with a plan in place to release a follow-up game called Club Penguin Island, which itself only lasted a little over a year before also being scrubbed from existence. Because that's where Jeffrey Epstein's uh, little fortress was. What did Ghislaine know? Club Penguin Island, a.k.a. Little St. James. Exactly. It's got that weird little temple building. Yeah, Disney said, oh no, what have we done? Yeah. And they took it offline. But fandom and nostalgia lived on. People had spent years in this uh, early metaverse, developing lasting relationships, chains of command, a power structure, or just... A place to belong and shoot the shit. Yeah. So a little thing like parent company Disney shutting the whole thing down was not going to stop them from living their best second life. Unfortunately for these enthusiasts, though, rebuilding and relaunching their favorite virtual playground would ultimately cost them their real-life freedom because earlier this week, three people were actually arrested for their involvement in running a bootleg Club Penguin remake that apparently had millions of active users. What are you in for? 
You're never going to guess. <laughs> you remember Club Penguin? Oh, yeah, I love Club Were Penguin. Were you or someone you know a teenager in the uh, early to mid-2000s? Yeah. Well, they might have also been involved in a bootleg Club Penguin server. Yeah. That is currently being cracked down upon by actual police forces. So this, uh, the bootleg version of this game, it was dubbed Club Penguin Rewritten. It launched around the time that the original Club Penguin was taken offline by Disney. It was instantly popular, but was eventually taken down itself by the people behind the scenes due to a lack of funding because servers cost money. But it returned once again in 2018, and then things really got kicked into high gear at the start of the pandemic as people were locked away looking for anything to do and probably feeling a bit nostalgic for better days. Spurred along by the massive influx of users amidst the COVID outbreak, the bootleg service hit a record number of users, surpassing 15 million accounts created by May of 2020. Wow. Wow. I know. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But with all that attention and the copyrights owned by one of the most litigious companies on earth, Club Penguin rewritten was pretty much doomed. I mean, you can't be that big on using someone else's IP and not draw their attention. Yeah. I feel like they could have avoided this with some very basic changes, but what do I know? But then it would have uh, taken away what made the game, like the nostalgia. I mean, the the nostalgia is what brought people back to it. Yeah. Um, Also, change it to another cute animal, Koala Club. It should go without saying, but uh, yes, there was some terribly offensive shit that happened in uh, a Club Penguin where there are no rules or at least less rules than one that was owned by Disney. So, yeah, yeah, this was also a breeding ground for uh, some pretty bad shit, but... With that out of the way, um, DMCA takedown notices came flying in. Servers started going down almost immediately. But cut forward to this past week, and actual charges against the people running the site have now resulted in arrests, and police have taken control of the bootleg game. Here's Vice with more. British police have arrested three people for the bizarre crime of allegedly running an unofficial version of Club Penguin, the now defunct massively multiplayer online game purchased by Disney, where players controlled penguins and could waddle around in different minigames such as a dance contest or ice hockey. Quote, CP Rewritten is shutting down effective immediately due to a full request by Disney. Ooh, CP Rewritten. Yeah, what a terrible uh, name, yeah. Come on, kids, come on down to CP. We have voluntarily given control over the website to the police for them to continue their copyright investigation. An administrator called Thorn for Club Penguin Rewritten, the targeted service, wrote in an announcement on the game's Discord channel on Wednesday. And yeah, if you're gonna, if you head over to the website for the game, it's just a black page that has the official logo for the City of London Police. Yeah. And a statement that reads, This site has been taken over by Operation Creative, Police Intellectual Property Crime Unit. Tuesday, isn't it? Tuesday. Well, at least our schools don't Well, at least our schools! I love that the evolution... This is like a TikTok meme where it's someone asking a simple question about... Why do British people drive on the other side of the road? And then Americans mocking a response, which is... The British response, which is... There's an original video where someone's like, going to school shouldn't mean getting shot or blah, blah, blah. And it's a lot of people make that critique about American schools. Yes. And uh, it is accurate. But yeah, then Americans took that over and just like increasingly made it more insane. It was, and with pictures of like fish with gnarly teeth and like, yeah, just stereotypical bad British teeth memes. 
and now it's evolved to where it's like deep sea like fake sea creatures or creatures with lots of teeth and it's just going like the, it's the quickest evolution and most extreme evolution of a meme I've seen. But uh, we're off topic now. Let's yeah. let's get back to it. Well, at least we didn't make a bootleg version of Club Penguin. Their reporting continues. Detective Constable Daryl Fryett from the PIPCU told Motherboard in an email statement that, quote, following a complaint under copyright law, PIPCU have seized a gaming website as part of an ongoing investigation into the site. Three people were arrested on April 12th on suspicion of distributing materials infringing copyright, and searches were carried out. The statement also repeats that the people who were arrested handed over control of Club Penguin Rewritten's website to the authorities. Quote, they have been released under investigation and to aid with the police investigation. They agree to sign over the website to the control of the PIPCU. Pipku. So, I mean, yeah, this is wild. It's not entirely unheard of in the world of rampant copyright violation. It is just kind of rare to see it for a video game or video game bootlegging. Um, not really something that hits the newspapers all, all the time. Yeah. Uh, and it's also increasingly odd that it's for such a simple, dumb kids game. I'm really curious how many of the people in the, the Reloaded uh, Club Penguin... Reloaded? Rewritten. Re yeah. Club uh, Penguin. Reloaded. Re Club Penguin. Re Revengeance. Yeah. Uh, curious how many were just old users who are now like 30, uh, just reliving their glory days, or how many were like children who weren't around the first time, but are- I would say it would probably lean more towards people looking for nostalgia because it, yeah. it, it wasn't something that was, I think, marketed or easily accessible to a kid. Yeah, it also like, like although, by today's graphical standards kind of shitty, looks like shit. Shitty looking, yeah. But that's the thing. I, I think that the authorities in this case, and specifically Disney, would point to it and say, like, yeah, a lot of bad shit happened here. And like obviously this was being marketed towards children. But I I would, through no research of my own, guess that the numbers would skew uh older and just looking for nostalgia rather than kids yeah. being like, oh, what's this? I've never even heard of this thing before, but it looks really cute. I'm gonna go in here and and learn about the yeah, the they're, Constitution. They're not interested in that. They're they're playing Fortnite, talking about get a number one victory royale. Yeah, yeah Fortnite about to get down. Get down, number one on the board right now. Just exactly. took out Tomato Town, and uh. so on. So according to one of the moderators for the game, someone named Big Chun, <laughs> assume that's short for Big Chungus. Yeah. The final nail in the coffin might have been the inclusion of in-game advertisements, uh, which was used to fund the servers. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. In a statement to Gizmodo, Big Chun said the following. Of course, running a game like this costs money. Therefore, ads were placed on certain parts of the game. We, or at least I, assume that's how Disney got us. Yeah, probably. Yeah, once you start making money off of something, uh, yeah. it, it becomes a bigger issue. So as for the fans and active users, they held out until the very last second, with one user posting a screenshot to Twitter with their cute little penguin avatar exclaiming, I will stay here until I am ripped from this world. <laughs> and then uh, just a few posts later, it had the thing that said, sorry, you've been logged out of the server. I don't feel so good, Mr. Stark. <laughs> so, damn. Rest in peace. But still, I mean, when you consider how desperate this fan base is to live inside the world of socializing penguins, you'd hope that Disney has something in the works to bring it back officially. I mean, was Club Penguin the real metaverse all along? And will it return just in time to outpace Mark Zuckerberg's terrible version of this? Probably not. But, I mean, you do have to hand it to the people who sacrificed their freedom 
to provide a bunch of penguin fanatics a little escapism. Yeah. But speaking of escapism, it's actually a pretty great time to escape to the movies because there are a lot of good films out already uh, or out this weekend or coming out very shortly. I mean, you got The Batman, you got Sonic the Hedgehog 2, you got Ambulance, you got Everything Everywhere All at Once, and of course, the movie about Nicolas Cage starring Nicolas Cage called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Oh, that's already coming out? This weekend. Damn. The Norseman, Northman comes out next, next weekend. weekend. That, yeah. that came out, they released it in Scandinavia first, which is fair, but yeah. very upsetting to me. Uh, and I hear it's just uh, incredible. I'm very excited to see it. Also, uh, A24 has a new horror movie out. Uh, oh, baby. Um, yeah. Everything all at once, everything Everywhere All at Once, one of the best movies I've ever seen. I'm seeing it tomorrow Highly night, so there you go. So uh, the Nick Cage movie also looks great. Can't wait to see it. But the press tour for this film also included a stop over at the r slash movies subreddit. And Reddit is a place that, I'm sure you're all aware. It has basically immortalized Nicolas Cage. Yeah. It has turned him into a deity. Uh, yeah. A, a meme, a deity, a uh, something, an unparalleled sort of uh, real human being. Yeah, for a very long time. Yeah, through multiple stages of his career. Predates the resurgence almost. Yeah. Possibly responsible for the resurgence. Well, he's had several resurgences too. The man's had quite a career. Yes, multiple renaissances. Um, yeah, and that we're talking, of course, about the One True God subreddit. Oh, yeah, I forgot about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the main that's one. like 2010s sort of stuff. Yeah, people printing out pillows of his face. Yeah. Shit like that. So, yeah, Nicolas Cage did an AMA this week to promote the new film. An AMA that apparently resulted in more comments and questions than even former President Barack Obama's. Take that. Oh, bummer. Barry. <laughs> go, go do a nature documentary. Mm-hmm. Anyway, there's plenty of interesting stuff in this AMA about uh, his favorite roles, stories throughout his career, as well as a big thank you to his most intense fans on that previously mentioned subreddit, a fandom that would probably freak out any other actor in Hollywood. Yeah. I have been blessed to have a very loyal group of film enthusiasts who've stuck by me through thick and thin, and it meant a lot to me. And by the way, that was the highlight of my day. We did it together, and it was a, I thought it was a terrific interview. With all the folks that, that, that asked me questions, uh, they were really great questions, really thoughtful, and I was deeply touched. Uh, but yeah, he, uh, you know, with, with celebrities, obviously the worst example, Woody Harrelson, and he gets a let's, little... Let's keep it on ramp. He gets, I think he gets uh, too much blame. I, I assume his publicist or his PR agent just did not know what she was signing well, him up for. in 99% and... of the cases, the actor or actress is not the one typing the answers or anything. Yeah. They're, they're, they're funneling it to the actor and filtering things. So Woody Harrelson, I, my, my he probably didn't even read the question. He did not know what was going on. He didn't know what Reddit is. Doesn't know what an AMA is, and yeah. was very confused by all these off-topic questions. And also felt he's like, wow, this is so many questions. I have to answer all these. Like, oh god. But Nick Cage, definitely, probably the best uh, Twitter ask me anything I've seen. Where, Reddit asked me. Uh, yeah, uh, like he he wasn't just doing the PR thing of like circling every question back to his. Uh, promo for his project like he actually yeah and he's a he's a guy he's not on social media he's not and he I doesn't mean, need to be yeah he, he's not like on talk shows all the time so you don't know a lot about him um there was a, i think it was vanity fair did uh they went to his house in vegas and did a full follow him around for like 48 hours interview and it is fascinating yeah, he's a he's a really interesting guy. He uh he's super into movies. Like he's a true cinephile. Uh, I did not know he, he that he is mostly inspired by silent 
era actors. Mm-hmm. Like that's where he gets most of his expressive acting style is what, from. He's like, from like the Coppola family, right? Yeah, he's yeah. he's Francis's nephew. Mm-hmm. Um, but he son. wanted to forge his own path, change his name. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah. I'm sure he got some doors open. But still, but yeah, is he, he just really cool? Uh, answers from him about a lot of things and a, and a celebrity that is wacky in the best way possible because you, yeah. see, you see a lot of strange things that are very bad he, he's eccentric but like in a uh, in a way that's fun in a way that's fun except mm-hmm. for the few times he's gotten uh, a little too drunk and, and caused the scene yes that, that, that has happened with him a couple yeah. times and uh, you know not great we, we all make mistakes we all do yeah. yes anyways uh, yeah, so, we'll, yeah we'll leave a link to all that in the description below, but th- there was one response in particular that is just so uh, so Nick Cage that we had to point it out. While clearly referencing the not the bees scene from The Wicker Man, you know the scene, mm-hmm. a fan asked simply, do you like bees? Here's Cage's response. Yes, I would have to say they're my favorite insect. They make us honey, bees, and then the firefly. And ants are interesting. Bumblebees are quite adorable. Don't get me started on the praying mantis. I told David Cronenberg once that the praying mantis was the most ferocious of the insects, and he said no. And I said, what is? And he said, the dragonfly larvae. And he said that the beast in the Alien movies was designed after the dragonfly larvae because it shoots its teeth out when it attacks. He's really thought about this. Yeah, this is, it's, a, it's a great response, and it's typical of the responses that you get in this, where it's like, has nothing to do with the movie he's promoting. Uh, though it does, because he plays himself in the movie. So... And he said it's, uh, it's, it was a difficult role for him to play because he's playing himself, but obviously he's not playing himself. He's playing a version of himself yeah. that's written into this story. So uh, he, said he, he said that was tricky for yeah. him to do. Also, uh, his favorite role, uh, which was surprising, out of his like, most recent career, uh, like probably the last 10 years or so, is Pig. Um, and we've already told you to watch it because it is fantastic. But here's your reminder. Just in case you've been putting it off. Yeah, and he said he's he said it was like a new the start of a new acting era for him because he he really liked how he he doesn't speak for the first he's like very 40, reserved, reserved, forty yeah. minutes of the movie like and uh, it's all it's he's basically doing a mime. Work but I love it. it. I forget uh, which actor director it was, but basically came out and was saying that like. Nicolas Cage is the only one that's done something interesting for acting in like two decades. Yeah, that's like even when even when he's in bad stuff, like he always a hundred percent. Yeah, he gives it a hundred percent, no matter no matter what the role is. Yeah. So, but hey, if you want to develop a beloved video game or become the greatest actor of a generation, then boy, do we have the sponsor for you. Yep. Today's episode is brought to you by Masterclass. Masterclass gives you extra knowledge and motivation that you need to take your craft, whatever it might be, to the next level. That's where Masterclass shines because you're getting information from literally the best people in the business from a variety of fields like cooking, music, film, animation, business, tech, and plenty more. With Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. You can learn the art of DJing and music curation from Questlove, improve your cooking skills from Gordon Ramsay, or learn game design and theory from Will Wright. With over 100 classes from a range of world-class instructors, that thing you've always wanted to do is closer than you think. A lot of these are just fascinating to watch, even if you weren't initially interested in the topic that they're talking about. Gordon Ramsay has a lot to tell you when he's not mad at you for disappointing him. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a kinder, gentler Gordon Ramsay. There's also uh, Ken Burns giving you the inside uh, details on documentary filmmaking. 
It's big. Yeah, uh, uh, Formula One's Lewis Hamilton uh, talking about like the winning mindset. So not how to drive a car. How to but, win. Yeah, exactly, that mindset. And these cinema quality classes give you unparalleled access to literal experts. And the lessons range from showing you how to execute a technique to insights about that craft. You can explore lessons in any order across your phone, tablet, or Apple TV, or even your computer. And in just 10 to 15 minutes, you can squeeze a few lessons in here or there without setting aside an entire day. They also offer downloadable lesson recaps and high-end supplemental materials to help you in your journey. If you're interested, we definitely think you should check it out. And you can get unlimited access to every masterclass right now for our viewers with 15% off an annual membership if you go to masterclass.com slash newsdump today. That is masterclass.com slash newsdump for 15% off a annual subscription to Masterclass. Terms do apply, of course, but let's get back into the news. All right, back into the news now with what is arguably the most pathetic premium content subscription launch since Quibi. Just shameful. Yeah. Were you even aware? You probably weren't, but did you know <laughs> that CNN was debuting a paid premium standalone app called CNN Plus where you could watch a bunch of CNN content no? Well, we don't either, and uh, we can't blame you, but it's true. Yeah. And to be fair, even though we aren't big fans of the majority of their news and their Talking Heads content, their documentaries and some of their series can be pretty damn good. They had Anthony Bourdain yeah. on the payroll there. No Reservations uh, is fantastic. Uh, all of their, their Decades Yeah, the series. Decades series are good. Uh, if, you, if you actually look at the CNN Films documentaries list... Yeah, they make some good ones. They make good stuff. But, yeah, would people be willing to pay a monthly fee to watch a bunch of CNN content? It seems like the answer so far is a resounding no. No thanks. CNBC is reporting, probably gleefully, that, <laughs> uh, quote, fewer than 10,000 people are using CNN Plus on a daily basis two weeks into its existence, sources say. That 10, is 10,000 people. That is pathetic. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> we have more followers on our TikTok. It's because everyone who watches cable news in this country, right or left, is at least 50 years old. Pay? I already pay the $200 a month for Comcast. It does make me curious how many people... Because boomers are the only ones who are still doing those plans, and they do cost like $200 a month. It, it makes me curious how many people use the Fox Nation app that they're always pushing on their website. You know, having just been to the South, it is on every bar TV. Fox News is, but Fox Nation is like their streaming service. And that's where yeah. uh, they got a bunch the of real extremist shows. content. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, maybe old people love Roku. Yeah. Their earnings reports indicate that old people love Roku. They just tell the remote what they want to watch. Yeah. It's no TiVo, but it gets the job done. Yeah. Put on Brett Bear. <laughs> Play Bosch. <laughs> Okay, we found some Brett Bear content for you and some Judge Janine content, but it's going to cost mm. you $4.99 a month. Yeah, sure, whatever. Wait, I don't care. I'll be dead soon. Order me some food. Take it out of my pension. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, their reporting continues, uh, adding that, quote, the paltry audience cast doubt on the future of the application following the recent completed combination of Discovery and Warner Media into Warner Brothers Discovery. To put that daily user number into perspective, CNN's cable network suffered a sharp decline in viewership last year, but still rang up an average of 773,000 total viewers a day. Quote, we continue to be happy with the launch and its progress after only two weeks, a CNN spokesperson said. It's a soft launch. <laughs> CNN sought to make a huge splash with CNN Plus, luring big-name talent from rival news networks such as Casey Hunt from NBC News 
and Chris Wallace from Fox News. But there is broad skepticism whether there's enough demand to sustain a standalone news streaming service with entertainment-first options dominating the landscape. Disney Plus, for instance, posted more than 10 million subscribers on its first day. Yeah. But, yeah, there's reasons why that that is. They all thought they were going to get to see Song of the South for the first time. Yeah. But that's actually on Fox Nation. They were the only ones brave enough yeah. to put exclusive yeah and we put we put the prostitution uh we put the whore auction back in yeah to the pirates of the caribbean that's right well. we got old old videos people filmed on their camcorders of pirates of the caribbean the ride when it when it went when it wasn't woke yet yeah just play it over and over before and over they again. started grooming you uh, in the in the little boat at disneyland yeah anyways so uh, speaking of warner brothers though uh warner brothers discovery to yeah, be clear to, to be clear a absolute megalith of a company yeah I, that's now officially what it is and it looks like the new executive team already have their sights set on an obvious problem uh, what the hell's going on with that dc cinematic universe that we own <laughs> so <laughs> what a mess obviously most of the movies have been poorly received by most of the population yes i hear you yeah they're not going to do it um but yeah there's been a few standouts the batman the joker the suicide squad the Snyder Cut, <laughs> which everyone everyone loved. Uh, I look, I already admitted Shazam. I already admitted that it was good. I said that, it, no, not that it was good, that it was better. Yeah, it was watchable. Uh, it was coherent. Birds of Prey. Yeah, that, that was, was good. I, I mean, I'd say at this point, it's like at least 50-50, But it was pretty bad there for a while. Pretty much everything that was uh, taken away from Zack Snyder. I'm sorry, but everything that was taken away from his original vision ended up yeah. being somewhat good. Yeah. yeah, but hey, things got even worse for DC and Warner recently. Because they realized, uh-oh, that Ezra Miller person that we hired to be the face of the company, the foundation of this whole new franchise. Across uh, multiple franchises, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, Harry Potter, or Wizarding uh, World, whatever they're calling it. Turns out they are uh, 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 got a problem of acting like a complete fucking asshole. All over the world. Yeah. There was that fan choking incident in Iceland uh, a few years back that got kind of swept on the rug right Yeah, over, people but... stopped talking about it. But in case you're unaware, more recently, uh, Miller was arrested in Hawaii for disorderly conduct and harassment and also had a restraining order filed against them by a couple that they were staying with. Uh, so, and the details of this are very strange. The, the couple yeah. eventually dropped the restraining order, but no shortage of stories about the actors' antics in Hawaii from the locals started popping up. In the wake of the arrest, like yeah, I saw saw this person uh, recently, and uh, also on a rampage. And uh, yeah, I guess guess they tried stealing from this couple and uh, said some very mean things. Yeah, uh, verbally like, abusive. I hope you burn a death. Hope you die in a fire. Also, the the incident that got them arrested was like someone was doing karaoke, and yeah. Ezra Miller was like, "That's it, I've had enough." Some very erratic But apparently behavior. a menace. A menace across the island. Yeah. Um, doesn't look great from a PR standpoint, uh, especially with all the other problems they have uh, at Warner in DC. But anyways, this obviously creates a big problem for Warner and DC because Ezra Miller is the star of this franchise going forward as the lead character in one of its biggest, most anticipated movies that is still attached to whatever the hell the DCEU or whatever you want to call it has become. But it's also just the completely disjointed universe as a whole. Some movies are okay. Some movies are terrible. They're all trying to work themselves together. But it's becoming increasingly difficult as the years go on and as actors and directors are no longer involved in these projects. Now, with a new team of executives on board, things might start changing. 
Whether that's good or even worse, yet to be seen. Here's Variety with more on this. The new owners of all things Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman are exploring an overhaul of DC Entertainment. Multiple sources close to the situation told Variety. David Zaslav, the CEO of the combined companies and top leadership, have been toying with the idea of turning DC into its own solidified content vertical, the sources said. So the move would potentially affect DC feature film development in the Warner Brothers Pictures Group, streaming series at Warner Brothers Television, and the creative arm within DC proper. Before the merger closed, Zaslav vetted candidates with experience in creating and nurturing blockbuster intellectual property with a goal of potentially finding someone to serve as a creative and strategic czar, similar to what Marvel has in Kevin Feige. Discovery insiders believe that although DC has achieved cinematic success with recent films such as Aquaman and Le Batman, it lacks a coherent creative and brand strategy. Yes, yeah, that's true. Discovery believes that several top-shelf characters, such as Superman, have been left to languish, yes, and need to be revitalized. Mm, yes. Maybe. Top shelf. <laughs> let, me get, let, me, let me grab that Superman for you. <laughs> You're good for it, right? Yeah. They also believe that projects like Todd Phillips' Joker are a shining example of how second-build characters from the DC library can and should be exploited. Nice choice of words. How yes. can we exploit this? <laughs> The article goes on to talk about how DC will probably be doing more of that spin-off content from major films onto HBO Max, like they did with Peacemaker, and they have an upcoming uh, Penguin series, apparently. So yeah. expect more of that. But honestly, we don't have too much faith in the execs at Warner slash Discovery because it seems like they just keep trying to make everything connect when it clearly doesn't have to. Yeah. Marvel's, make your own movies. Marvel's got that thing, and honestly, at this point... You've I, tried. I would take a bunch of... I would much rather have a bunch of DC movies with no connection to each other than have to keep track of what at this point is 100 plus hours of fucking storytelling in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, I fell off a couple years ago and I'm, I just, uh, I've come to terms. I'm never going to catch up. I'm never going to really fully know what's going on. If in this you franchise. literally just zoom out, if they just got a, like a poster board and posted every movie throughout the past 25 years and put which ones were successful critically. Yeah, do that. And then separated them and said, what is what is the thing that makes these ones so good? Yeah. Is it because they focus on one character and have directors with a solid creative vision that is uncompromising? I've always been saying studios should, uh, they should look at what works and do more of that and look <laughs> at what doesn't work and do less of it. Yeah. They should also buy low and sell high. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why no one will listen to my, my ideas. <laughs> Seems like they are pretty... Seems like a no-brainer to me. Well, we all, we technically did get fired for making fun of Justice League, so. Yeah. Yeah. And we were proven right. <laughs> they they literally, <laughs> a company admitted that they fucked up an yeah. entire movie. Yeah. Doesn't happen that often. But yeah, it really seems like DC, Warner, whatever, are still just very desperate to recreate what Marvel has done. But they just can't figure it out. So, I mean, we'll see how it goes. Meanwhile, we basically have nothing exciting to look forward to from the upcoming slate that, unless something really surprises us. I mean, some of these have the potential to be good, but it's not exciting. Like Shazam, a sequel to Shazam, the Aquaman sequel, uh, the third Wonder Woman. Oof, yeah, make it stop. And uh, Black Adam starring The Rock, which like, you know, 10 years ago I would have been really excited about. But I don't... You can just call him Adam. Okay. Why Why you got a point? If he was white, would you call him White Adam? They call him White Superman? They call him White Batman? Why is it Black Adam? 
I don't know what that is, but someone from the audience just virtually came up <laughs> and slapped you <laughs> out, out of YouTube. <laughs> keep, Shut up. Keep Black Adam's name out your goddamn mouth. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. It would not be an episode of News Dump if we didn't talk about the, the meme stock AMC and meme investment vehicles like cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. Luckily, this one story covers both of those topics so we can just get it out of the way all at once. Are you ready for the future? of the movie-going experience. No? No? Okay. No. Well, too bad, because you can now buy your AMC movie tickets with cryptocurrencies like Dogecoin and Shiba Inu right from the comfort of the AMC app, thanks to CEO Adam Aron, who is now letting Reddit communities run his, his company from the shadows, apparently. Oh, sorry. Are you going to be purchasing your ticket today with the Shiba Inu coin? I'd like to spend my Reddit gold. <laughs> uh, in a tweet posted Friday, Adam Aron confirmed the news, saying, Exactly as promised, the AMC mobile app for AMC's U.S. theaters now accepts online payments using Dogecoin, Shiba Inu, and other cryptocurrencies, thanks to BitPay, also Apple Pay, Google Pay, and PayPal. To do so, you first need to update to the latest version of our app. Also, we would like to welcome our newest, largest investor, Elon Musk. Thank you, Elon, for saving AMC. Yeah, why does he go do that? Oh, man, I don't even want to think of a future where... Elon Musk owns AMC. We need more movies about uh, how cool billionaires are. <laughs> Why don't we have more? The 90s had so many cool billionaire movies. He literally, I, I, it was him or someone else, like, asked on Twitter a while back. Just like, you never see, like, depictions of, like, rich people as cool and good in movies. They're always, like, the bad guy. It's a little weird. <laughs> yeah, I bet, like. That is weird. Yeah, I watched the newest Batman, and they really made Bruce Wayne look like a loser. <laughs> He's supposed to be a billionaire playboy. Just a, a poorly socially adjusted dork. <laughs> going through a goth phase. Weird. Uh, crypto evangelists will, of course, praise this as yet another reason why crypto actually is the payment method of the future. But it is still so volatile that someone is taking a risk. But whether it's the company accepting it or the person paying with it. And many of the major adoptions of cryptocurrency as a payment method you know, Batman's here to kick our ass. Yeah. Many of the major adoptions of cryptocurrency as a payment method haven't really panned out or become as popular as they would have hoped. For an overwhelming majority of people, crypto is seen as an investment vehicle and not as something they would actually use in a transaction. What if you spent like a thousand doge on a ticket to AMC and then one day that doge is worth $10,000? You'd feel like a pretty big idiot then, wouldn't you? So there you go. Yeah, do you want a movie ticket or do you want to go to the moon? Exactly. And then a quick update to that ongoing Elon Musk trying to buy Twitter saga that won't go away. Uh, looks like members of Twitter's board have approved the poison pill approach that we talked about in our previous episode yeah. uh, to potentially stop Elon Musk from acquiring the company through a hostile takeover. So in case you missed this week's episode of Tech News Day, just go watch it. But basically, yeah. uh, basically, Twitter has now officially adopted a shareholder rights plan nicknamed the poison pill, which is a defense against takeover attempts that uses discounted share prices to dilute the holdings of new hostile shareholders. Basically, they make Musk automatically own less and less of the company. Mm -hmm. uh, this story is going to continue to evolve in the near future, so I guess we'll try to keep up. Yeah, but regardless of whether or not Elon does end up owning Twitter, one user in particular is apparently not interested in returning to the platform. Nah. Boo. Turns out it's pretty toxic. I've uh, been living <laughs> my, my life, best life. My life's been a lot better since I was banned. I highly it. recommend it. Yeah. So I'm, we're I'm talking to my kids more, talking to my wife more, taking fewer shits. 
And I have my website, DonaldJTrump.com. You don't need to go on there. It's a toxic place. Yeah. He's right for the wrong reasons. It's a big echo chamber. Uh, we're talking about Donald Trump, of course. Uh, during an interview with an outlet called Americano Media this week, Trump said the following. I probably... You just do it. I probably wouldn't have any interest in returning to Twitter if Musk bought the company. Twitter's become very boring. They've gotten rid of a lot of good voices on Twitter, a lot of the conservative voices. It used to be a war on Twitter, but it, it was a very interesting war. Mentally, we had, some, we had some pretty good fights. We would go after the progressives, who I call the unprogressives. We'd be fighting back and forth, and it was, it was great stuff. Friends of mine have recently griped that it's just not the same. But amidst all this, you have your own social network. It sir. is weird that he's not even talking about or promoting his very recent, very public, very large release Huge. of Truth Social. Uh, also, uh, interesting, Devin Nunes is like currently out there. He's doing what Donald Trump should be doing, and he's like, no, Truth Social's fine. Yeah. We're kicking ass. We're taking names. Very popular. We just got Fox News. Fox News just joined Trump Social. We want to, hey, everyone, everyone, can we come together and give Fox News a big round of applause for officially joining Truth? We gave him the verified badge and everything, yeah. except after Devin Nunez made that announcement, Fox News, they didn't even have to do this. They could have just let the, it's like basically an RSS feed. They could have just let it ride. But Fox News actually made a statement. It was like, we, uh, we are not on Truth Social. We don't have plans to join Truth Social, and that is not our account. Damn. So... Things not going well still over at Truth Social. I had such high, high hopes. Yeah. High, high hopes for Truth Social, but there's no users for me to talk to. Pete Buttigieg would have an account there. I just, I'm just want to talk about transportation. <laughs> Why won't anyone talk to me about city planning? Anyways, uh, if for some reason you missed it, uh, we did some hard-hitting journalism this yeah. week. We interviewed a candidate for Congress. Yeah, we did, technically, yeah. <laughs> and the most important man of the month of December. And all year round. Yeah. Sorry, Easter. Get out of the way. We're celebrating Christmas in April. Yep. We interviewed Santa Claus, who is literally running for Congress against Sarah Palin. Yeah. Uh, so you can watch that interview. Please check that out. Also, the most recent uh, episode of Tech News Day, we go into more about the Elon Musk thing and the gamer bed. Never leave home, ever, with the gamer bed. Check both of those out. We'll see you soon for Weekly Weird News, and have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.